Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. So we're in our His Name Will Be series, started out with Emmanuel. The most important part of Christmas, God with us, is the name given to Jesus in Isaiah 7, the prophecy almost 800 years before he was born, that God will come down and be with us. The God of all creation who, who, who oversees everything, has never had a beginning, will never have an end, comes down to be with us as human beings. Last week we looked at him being a wonderful counselor, beyond descriptive words in the wisdom and counsel and guidance he gives us. And today we're looking at his name will be Mighty God, Isaiah 9, verse 6. And so our goal today is to, to know that, that Jesus is not only sufficient to meet every need, but that he overwhelms those things that, that try to overwhelm us in, in life. Um, you look at the, the, the book of Luke, uh, Luke chapter 1, uh, there's this famous story, a lot of you probably know it, of, of the angel coming to Mary uh, and having that conversation with her before she's married. She's basically engaged to Joseph, and the angel comes and and, uh, and, and he says, you're going you're gonna to have a child, and it's going to be the Son of God. <laughs> Imagine, she's probably 14, 15 years old, which was normal back then. Imagine an angel coming, first of all, it's like, whoa. And then an angel saying, oh, you're going to get pregnant. And you're like, uh, I'm not even married. And then the angel says, and you're going to carry the Son of God. <laughs> Can you imagine bearing all of that? And so, so she responds, as we look at Mary today, she responds with, how in the world? How in the world is this going to happen? And God responds with, it's me. I'll do it. That's our mighty God. He's constantly saying, and he's still saying to you today, it's me. I'll do it. I'll take care of those things that seem impossible in your life. Challenges are just setups for a mighty God to showcase himself and to bless you and to bless others from you. That's what we see as a challenge, which is, is not to him. So after the angel tells Mary that she's going to carry the Christ child, the, the son of God in her womb, in, in, uh, in, in that first beginning of the conversation there in, in Luke chapter, chapter 1, she, she asks a question that, you know, that most of us would ask. She says, but how can this happen? I, I'm a virgin. Mary does right there what, what we so often do in life when, when, we see, when we see or hear about things and we're like, I don't, I don't think it's going to work out. I, I don't think that's going to come to pass. Uh, that's, a, that's a tall order there. How in the world are you going to make the impossible happen? Some of y'all have gotten health reports over the number of years. Maybe your, your horrible health report was 10 years ago, and so you're 10 years beyond that health report. But at the time, if you look back, you're like, you, you hear it, and God says, I'm going to take care of you, and you say, how's that going to happen? You see the, you know, your finances, and then you have this happen with your job, and then this thing happens over here, and you're like, and God says, I'm going to take care of you, and you're like, how in the world is this going to happen? And so the angel replies in verse 30, 35, this is how it's going to happen. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. 
and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Talking about the might of God. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. <laughs> Poor Elizabeth, she's always known as the old age pregnant one. Uh, <laughs> people used to say she was barren, but she's conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. That's John the Baptist that we know of in the Bible. Jesus' cousin. Verse 37, for nothing is impossible with God. You hear that today? Nothing is impossible with God. Yeah, but I know. Maybe you're a pessimist like me. And so yes, but is kind of a common go-to. Nothing is impossible with God. It can be hard, and like in this setting, it can be hard to, to see how God is working or is going to work in our impossible or, or challenging situations. I mean, that's what she was facing here. But God's power is for your benefit. His might is for you. It's not just to showcase himself, which he is about getting himself the glory because it saves people and it, and it shows him for who he is, but it's, it's for your benefit. It's to bless your life. A miracle birth 2,000 years ago was for you today and it will be for you when you face the things tomorrow and in 10 years and in 15 years. He's still at work for you. Mighty God at work for you. God can do immeasurably more than you could ever imagine in the midst of your impossible situations, your, your challenges that you face, uh, in the midst of those needs that you have, big needs, and even the normal everyday needs. Because we can't get so focused on only the, the, the fantastical, the stuff that's just so big. He wants to be there for our everyday needs, for the way that we love our spouse, for the way that we raise our kids, for the way that we, we work with, with, with high ethics and good morals and a, and a, and a positive attitude at work. All those normal things, he wants to be the one to come through for us because those little things can be stuff that just drag us down to the point where we find ourselves sometimes like, man, I used to be over there, nothing really major happened, but I find myself just stuck over here now. How did I get here? Most often just one decision at a time. And he's saying, let me be the mighty God that I was proclaimed to be. It wasn't just mighty God so he could come back from the dead three days after what we celebrate as Easter, that season. It wasn't just that. That is mighty. And he overcame sin and death. He beat the grave. He destroyed uh, you know, the, 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 the debt that, that we owed. Yes, he did all that. But he's mighty God in everyday circumstances too. I mean, look at Moses in Exodus chapter 3 where he, where he says, who, who am I? We had this amazing story of the deliverance of, of, uh, of the people of Israel from hundreds of years of slavery to a wicked, wicked nation in Egypt. And, and Moses is the one called to do it. And when he is, he says, who am I? And God's response is, you're mine. That's who you are. You're mine, and, and I am, so... Fill in the blanks. I'll do whatever I want. Moses knew defeat too. 
Anybody in here ever know defeat? Right? Some of you might be like, I feel defeated right now. Like, this is going on and I feel defeated. Moses knew defeat. His own people looked at him as a traitor. His dad slash boss slash Pharaoh was done with him. He, he kills a guy on the way out of his terrible exit. I mean, if you were to bring a resume like that and you're like, oh, this, here's my resume. My own people say, see me as a traitor. I got fired by the Pharaoh and I killed a guy. Would you like me to deliver you today? Can you imagine? Imagine what he was having to deal with when he thought. Like he knew there's a promise to deliver the people. I wonder how God's going to do it. And then God shows up in the form of a bush that didn't burn up but was burning. And says, it's you. And he's like, oh man, I'm going to add a really bad line to that terrible resume. Because I'm going to fail so badly. Moses is on the, the backside of the desert tending sheep for his father-in-law. He has this burning bush moment that a lot of us know about in Exodus 3. And God says, hey, I'm going to use you to deliver my people. And Moses says, um, I tried that and I failed miserably, remember? That's why I'm a defeated nobody here, God. Like, we know why I'm hiding. Because I blow it. And notice how God deals with Moses' insecurities. I love this. I guess I never really thought it through. Most of the time when somebody's like, I'm a terrible loser, all this stuff. We, because we're compassionate, no, you're not. Look at this. Look at, oh, look at what it could be. We, we give all these things. And God doesn't try to convince him or give him a pep talk or put his arm around him and go, let me paint you a picture. This is how God deals with his insecurities. I'll be with you. I am, and I am going to be there with you. Real confidence comes from the guarantee of God's presence in your life. It is not something you have to manufacture, because you can't. It's not something that you have to go to. I gotta get, in order to get confidence in God, i got to go to seminary. You don't have to do that. Real confidence comes in the fact, the reality that Emmanuel is literally still there in your life now. He's not just someone we celebrate in the month of December, which is fantastic. I love it. But, but he's every day, especially for believers in the form of the Holy Spirit in you. So in, in Exodus 3 verse 13, we hear weakness talking. Moses protested. After he was told by God, you're the one. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me, they're going to ask me, what's his name? What do I tell them? Because they don't like me. And then you hear how might talks louder than weakness. God replied to Moses. And remember, this is a, a burning bush talking to Moses. <laughs> You know, when a burning bush talks to you, you kind of listen, right? So God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. He says, get my people and let them know the mighty God is on the move. I'll rescue, I'll lead, I'll bless, I'll provide. I'll crush those who stand against my people. They'll feel the pain 
of a mighty God against them who try to, tries to oppress my people from this point on. They'll see me for who I am, Moses, and they'll see you for whose you are. Not for who you are, Moses, for who you belong to. Because I am. That's what God's telling him there. I am. Just think of that. No beginning. No end. He came from nowhere and he's not going anywhere. Isn't that awesome? God's not going anywhere. God's not going anywhere. Do you hear that today? Think about what the things you're going through right now, whatever they are. Could be health, finances, relationship stuff, fear, doubt. Maybe you're at home and you're watching or listening and, and you're just stuck for one reason or another. And God's saying, I'm not going anywhere. I'm the mighty God. I've always been the mighty God. I was prophesied to be the mighty God. I was born in a, in a horse feeding trough in, in, in a, the poorest conditions. And it, did, so it didn't matter about status. I am Emmanuel. I'm the wonderful counselor. I'm the mighty God now for you. So do you hear that today? Some of you, you need to let that be heard in your soul. He's not going anywhere and he's yours and he's for you. I mean, maybe some of you today, you need to look at the situation and just out of faith say, I am is with me. I am is with me. Because in your mind, you're like, what am I going to tell the bank? What am I going to tell my boss? What am I going to tell my spouse? What am I going to tell? What am I, how am I going to tell my family about this health thing? Tell them I am is with you. This is happening, but I am is on my side. He's for you. He's for you. I love when we sing the song, The Blessing. The, I think it's the longer version, and we just keep saying, he is for you. He is for you. He is for you. And it's like, we're not changing the words, but there's something about hearing it over and over and over. He's for you. He's for you. When you're saying it, maybe the, the, the fifth or the tenth time, you're like, he's He's for me. He's for me. I don't know anything about how Moses responded with the whole, you know, what his soul was going through in his mind with the burning bush. But eventually he's probably like, all right, I've been in this, with this bush long enough. It's still on fire. It's not consumed. And uh, he's not going anywhere. I'm feeling kind of good about this. It didn't start off him feeling kind of good. He's like, I shall go over there and see why this bush is not consumed. And it ended up with him going, I'm going to go deliver God's people. Like something happened and God didn't say, Moses, let me convince you. And if you don't like it, there's a seven day guarantee and you can return here with your staff in this field. He didn't. He left going, God's for me. And he's for his people because I am is on my side. He's the source of all things. He's the one that holds it all together now. He's the source of everything that started. He holds it all together now. He'll be there when it all wraps up at the end of time. And then eternity with those who have placed their faith, their lives, their hearts in him. Eternity will be with I am all the time. We need to routinely think about the bigness of God the power he is. 
Because his might in our lives transforms our identities. A semi-shy, for all that we know, 14-year-old girl who was like, how can it be? Mother of Mary, uh, mother of Jesus, Mary, uh, one who, 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 who stood with him at the cross when he was hanging there. Moses, this defeated man who was meant to be a king on earth. And he's like, ah, who am I? And God says, you're mine. It transformed their identities when they stepped into his bigness in, in their lives, but really his bigness of his life. I mean, look at Moses. He had a speech impediment for, for what we can tell. He'd killed a guy. He doubted himself. He's obviously still living in the pain of it because he's hiding on the backside of the desert. And he's like, uh, we know I'm a failure. So he's living in the pain of all that. He couldn't see the work of God in his life. 40 years of shepherding after 40 years of being raised in the best household on the planet. Raised to lead a nation in every way possible. And understandably so, because we're human, we're frail. He didn't see that God actually had a plan. I'm going to use you to shepherd a nation that I'm starting again. He's shepherding for 40 years. I'm a failure. He had 40 years of training to lead a nation and he blew it. So he quit, ran away after killing a guy. So I'm a failure. He didn't see that God was going to use all that, reclaim it all to lead a nation and shepherd it at the same time. Oh, while going and taking a promised land. Yeah, all that. He thought his life was a waste, yet God. I love that phrase. It's one of my favorites. Yet God or then God. Yet God was about to reclaim the training for the biggest task that any man had ever been asked to up to that point in history. Bigger than Abraham leaving. Bigger than than Noah building an ark and spending all that time. He was going to lead a nation after hundreds of years in captivity into freedom and take over land that wasn't theirs but was promised to them. That was quite the undertaking for a guy hiding out in the backside of the desert shepherding. But I am was with him and I am had a plan. I mean, I remember 18 years ago in my own life when I look at me and my life had just broken apart. It was just a crumbled mess. It was just rubble on the floor. It, it, all it was worth was sweeping up and putting in the, in the garbage. That's what my life had become. And I was like, oh, golly, I did this. This is, where I, this, is, this is where it all ends. Gosh. I was so disappointed and sad. And then like, yeah, you deserved it. You stink. So yeah, I guess you deserve it, Scott. I had some terrible mirror talks, by the way. And I remember God saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to heal you, I'm going to use you. And I'm like, well, I'm just a broken, prideful mess. So, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> I mean, I know you've done all these other things, but like, we know that I'm me and what I've done. And so, I know those are stories. They get written in the Bible, but my story's not Bible worthy. So, I'm just going to be one of those forgotten ones that blew it. I'm a poorly loved son. I'm never good enough. I always need to prove myself and I can't do that. I'm a bad husband. I have a broken marriage. I got no kids at the time. We have five now, but. 
And I remember saying out loud, my lot in life is loss. That's who I am. I'm the guy who, when something comes, it's loss. That's my life. And I can clearly remember God just very loudly in my soul saying, perfect, that's my specialty. And I'm like, you're crazy. And he's like, oh, this is when I shine the most. And I'm like, through losers? It's his specialty to fix broken things. In fact, Isaiah says, in Isaiah 61, he takes the rubble off the floor. So imagine you woodworkers or you're building something, you got all the, you've been, you've been cutting, it's all, it's sawdust and it's dirt and it's, you know, you pulled your hair out, so there's hair down there, it's like, you know, popsicle sticks, from what, all the junk on the floor. He takes the rubble on the floor and he sweeps it up and he goes over to the working station and he creates a masterpiece. That's what Isaiah tells us. He rebuilds, he repairs, he restores, and he takes the rubble off the floor and makes a masterpiece. And many of you, you might still feel like rubble on the floor. But the mighty God, who is I am, is at work and wants to do some miraculous things in your life. That's who he is. So how about you? How about you? Did you do something wrong that defines you? Did you leave a broken trail in life or break some people running out the door? Did you miss the boat? Make mistakes? Are you fearful and stuck in some way? You're at home and you're fearful and you're stuck for some reason? Maybe you, maybe you doubt or you feel like a fraud in following Jesus. You're like, I claim this, I claim this, I claim this, but I think this. I act this way. I'm just a fraud. Or maybe you, you truly and firmly believe that God is God and you follow Jesus. You know you're loved, but you just feel tired and weak and exhausted right now. Maybe like uh, a famous line from Bilbo in, in The Lord of the Rings, you, you feel all thin, sort of stretched like butter scraped over too much bread. You ever put toast in and then you go and you have that much butter left and you're like, and there's not enough. You feel like that's your life. Like, I'm melting and I'm not even covering. Paul says this from Jesus to you. And I today, Colossians 3, verses 1 through 4. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Does that sound like your life right now? Does it sound like something you'd love? I would love to have this, to live this new life and to, to live raised to life and not have things drag me down. I'd love to have my mind constantly stayed on heaven and not stuck on these things of earth which are happening, 
Uh, it's not a pretend thing, but, but they're not to consume you. I'd love to have my life hidden with Jesus. That sounds like a safe place. And man, I'd love to share in his glory. Not for his glory, but just he's so glorious. And, and I, he is the mighty God. And I, and I want to share in that. Remember earlier what we said. God can do immeasurably more than you can imagine in the midst of your impossible circumstance, that challenge you face, and your need, big or normal need. Oh, but I'm not, but I'm not good, God. God says, I am. But God, I'm not very skilled. I am. But I'm, I'm sort of up and down. See, I even said sort of, you know. And he says, I know, but, but I am steadfast. You might be up and down, and I'm going to help you be more even killed over time. And I'm steadfast. I don't, I don't go anywhere, and I don't change. God, the Christian life is hard. I know. Jesus says, that's why I'm the only one who ever lived it perfectly. And I lived it in your place so that I could go to the cross and die in your place for the sin of mankind. And all you have to do is say, I'll trade my imperfect life for your perfect life. 2 Corinthians 5.21. He gives you all of his righteousness and, ta and, and takes on all of your sin. Now, what do I have to do to get that, God? Say yes to me. And there's probably people in this room or, or listening or watching. You've never made a decision to follow Jesus. It does take a decision you make, but you don't have to earn anything. And you can't. He says, call on my name and you'll be saved. Believe in me and you'll be saved. Eternity is yours now and I'm preparing the place where we're going to be forever. You just got to make a decision. Lord, I need you and I want you. I'm, I don't have might and you're the mighty God. I want you. I want you in my life. It's not about your abilities. It's about the mighty God for you. So give your situation to him. Trust God to be faithful. He's still a mighty God. That promise of who Jesus is, his name will be mighty God. 750 years or so later, he's born in a horse trough. 33 years later, he went to the cross and defeated sin and death. And he said, come on, say yes, and it's all yours. Mighty God, for you, all the time, with you, all the time, no worries on your end. God is with you, God is for you. It's literally all that's needed to live a spectacular life. One plus God equals guaranteed victory. It's a beautiful promise. And Paul writes this as we wrap up and we're going we're gonna to sing today. God, uh, Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. He had, he had, whatever the thorn in his flesh was, was hurting him bad. We don't know if it's a soul thing or a physical thing or I doubt he had a real thorn in, but... He says he begged God. This is Paul. I mean, like, he's Paul, Paul, right? 
He begs God three times to take it away. And here's what God said. Each time God said, Paul, my grace is all you need. Paul, my favor, that's what grace is. My favor on your life is all you need. My power, Paul, I'm the mighty God, I am, I am. My power works best in weakness. And then Paul writes, so now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Mighty God working through you, even if you still feel that. You still feel that in your heart. You still, you still feel that in your mind. You still feel that loss that you're dealing with. You, maybe you still sometimes feel that mistake or that hurt, okay? He's going to heal you, but, but know that as you're weak and you're not trying to figure it all out and do it all yourself, His power comes through because His grace is all you need. God never fails. God never fails you. So, what do you need today? I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to sing a song in a moment called Mighty to Save. But I want you to be bold and ask. I would love for you to be bold and ask. God, I need this today. Here's my situation. Here's my circumstance. I'm being honest with this now, God. I feel like I can't even sometimes say it because it's going to come true or I'm at the owner, whatever it is. I need a miracle in my marriage. I need a miracle for my child. I need a miracle in my health. I need help with my finances. God, I need, I need help being steadfast and faithful and steady in following you. God, I need wisdom that I can't manufacture on my own. What is your ask today? Mighty God, who has grace sufficient for you, who says, I am, and I am with you, and I am for you, what do you need? We're going to pray, and I'm going to ask you to ask. You may want to come up here during the song, or even while I'm praying, and ask. Maybe just coming to the altar is a big thing. But let's pray and ask, and then let's sing about a God who's mighty to save. And your big ask right now might be, I need salvation. Because if I die today, I'm not going to see eternity. So would you save me? Well, that's the biggest thing you could ever ask for. And his answer is, you bet. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for you to come into my family. A lot of us go home at Christmas, and we have people come visit at Christmas, and Thanksgiving, and family gets together. You can't wait for family. You can't wait to get to family. I remember when I was in college, and I'd get, I'd drive whatever time it was, and I was heading to San Marcos. And I was like, I can't wait to drive on that nasty-looking little driveway walk through those front doors. I'll be home. Home. And he's saying, come home. Come to the place I've prepared for you. Me. For you. That's home. Be a son. Be a daughter. Maybe that's the thing you need to ask for today. But let's pray. And would you be bold and ask? Maybe husband and wife, you need to grab hands and go, we're going to pray for him. We're going to pray for her. We're going we're gonna to pray for, for this to happen in our lives you go over and you, you grab the person's hand we're, we're going to pray for that that healing man on Monday we got a great a great report our own Johnny Lubbock no more cancer can't find nothing 
Jesus. Jesus. I mean, and he was, Johnny was good either way. But man, what a good story. What are you going to ask for? And if you can't ask for something, why? What's going on there? Jesus, I thank you for you being for us. You did everything. And first, for anyone in here or listening or watching who doesn't know you, Jesus, I ask that they would hear your invitation to join your life. That you, Jesus, you would, you would speak loudly to their soul right now and say, I want you. I want to give you eternal life. I've already done the work. It's yours for the taking. Would you accept this gift? During this Christmas season, would you accept the gift that I have been preparing for you since the moment you were born? Salvation and eternity, forgiveness of sins, a hope and a future. So I pray for any unbeliever that they'd say yes today. I pray that no one would turn off Facebook or YouTube or turn off K-Bay or walk out these doors without knowing you firmly. And then for all of us sons and daughters, followers of Jesus, the living God, the mighty one, here's our request. Lord, would you do this in our life starting today? And Whatever it is on your heart, you pray as we sing Mighty to Save and you come up here if you need it. But ask and ask big and expect I am to come through. Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full service replays, visit us online at hcfburnit.org. God bless and have a great week.